Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. How do we sow in peace? And to answer that question, of course, from the Fire School of Ministries, let us all welcome Pastor Eric Miller. Pastor, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you all today. Mm. Welcome back. Thank welcome you. Welcome back. <laughs> and uh, wow, this is a question that um, probably a lot of people will be interested in. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So what has the Lord uh, set in your heart today to share with us? You know, you're sharing about the devastating effects of you know rain flooding mm. there's a lot that's happening around the world you have the yeah. flooding in libya yeah. mm. you have the earthquake in morocco mm-hmm. there's so much happening in the world you know and jesus we know did warn us mm. about that these things would happen but in looking at james three, eighteen. You know, just before that, in verses 13 through 16, he's talking about two types of wisdom. Mm. And wisdom from heaven, for us to understand, really comes through the fear of the Lord. Mm. So when there's a real lack of the fear of the Lord, and then we get surprised by situations that we weren't planning for, whether it be an unexpected bill or a flood or mm. a death of a loved one mm. or someone close to us, it can really disturb our peace. Mm. But he's talking about in verse 17 that, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere so this heavenly peace came in the person the prince of peace jesus christ yes that when he comes to us as we humble ourselves and see our need for god i really believe that peace can satisfy us even in the midst of the most difficult hardships Mm. and trials and then he goes on to say in our verse today is Verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm. So God is actually saying that we can have peace before, during, and after challenges. And in fact, the peace of God is so real that if we walk in the Lord, we can actually sow it into other people's lives Mm. and give them hope. We should actually be walking in such peace that we give encouragement to our brothers and sisters Mm. around us when they're suffering and struggling, Mm. even if we're struggling ourselves. That's the amazing thing of the gospel. Mm. Yeah. This sowing practice, because this is a practical thing that we need to do um, intentionally. 
right as uh, god's children okay this is not just done by somebody else or anyone else but <laughs> you know god's children specifically to god's children an assignment that is uh, divine uh, coming from the lord mm-hmm. and uh, jesus is our ultimate example of it now uh, does it look like um sometimes just uh, shutting up your mouth mm-hmm. and you know choosing not to retaliate in uh, just letting things be when you encounter people who are mean and right. rude and you know you know what I'm talking about yeah absolutely in fact the whole chapter the beginning of the yeah. chapter is about taming your tongue uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. and it ends up talking about peace so there's something too that when we allow the fear of the lord to kind of guide our hearts into understanding the depths of the love of God that motivates us to watch our tongue and to not allow any ungodly chatter, gossip, you know, uh, rudeness to come from mm-hmm. us. Because we recognize before the Lord, we, we have to be holy. We have to walk in purity. We have to walk in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And as we do, you know, it's like peace just walks with us. Mm. Uh, the the Prince of Peace is actually consistently guiding every thought, attitude, action that we have. So I think it's really possible to not be blindsided by life. Mm. You know, blindsided. What I mean by that is, you know, if you're driving down the road and you don't see another car coming and they blindside you they hit you right Mm -hmm. in the side and you didn't see them coming whether we get blindsided in life or not it should not throw off where our focus has been like the peace of god is not just having money in your pocket and in Mm. the bank and making sure that you have what you need when you retire and uh, (laughs) everything working out you know cookie cutter predictable (laughs) you know it's 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 something that walks with you when money can't give you peace Mm -hmm. when you know all the other means of satisfaction can't actually meet Mm -hmm. your need only the lord can do that and this is why we have to walk so closely with him Mm. you know yeah Mm. i like what you said about you know not even money can give you peace yeah, because even the rich people, they're more worried than the rest. Yeah, because they have to protect all of their assets, you know, everything. Right. And uh, I remember uh, a story that was shared with me, uh, shared to me by my friend in, in Iloilo. She is also a, a personal friend of uh, a, a guy who practically uh, owns a big food uh, corporation. And um, he was so worried about his kids yeah. that they have to make a story and tell everybody that their kids went to Canada right. to study. When in fact, all of the kids are now homeschooled <laughs> and uh, they're not allowed to leave the house. Wow. Because eventually, the kids will be considered a, 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 vulnerab- a vulnerability to the parents because they might be kidnapped and you know for ransom. Right. And yeah, to drain all of those riches away. Yeah. So, yeah, all their peace is so taken out because of this fact that uh, they're rich. Right. So, um, 
sometimes you could say it's good to be not rich <laughs> so that I can still live in peace yeah and uh, well go anywhere I want and do whatever I want right because I will not be disturbed yeah mm. you know I heard somebody say that it's it's okay to have money as long as money doesn't have you <laughs> mm-hmm. and I remember one time I would play basketball fairly often here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I was shocked when I came here and realized it was the number one sport 20 years ago and haven't stopped playing since then. <laughs> and I usually do that about three times a week. And over the years, I've built relationships with guys. It's a good way to reach out to yes. men yeah. and share the gospel with them. And there was a guy I played with one time, and we would go out to eat afterwards, and I'd just share with him and his buddies. And he's from Zamboanga. And at the time, there was a lot more kidnappings and things in that direction of Mindanao. Yeah. And he said, I would really love for you to come to my house for my birthday. And I said, well, let's make it happen. He said, you and this other guy, you'll come. I'm going to fly you there. And he has his own business and everything. So he flew me there. And I get in the vehicle. And they kind of push me in the car as soon as I come outside as if I was some <laughs> dignitary or something, you know? <laughs> and and then I have a, a guy in the back with an M16 and uh, a, a, a couple other guys with guns and I'm thinking, what's going on, you know? <laughs> so, and, and we stop at a light and, you know, they're talking about the kidnapping of foreigners and everything uh, and that, that has been going on uh-oh. and their concern, you know, for yeah. me to be in there. So <laughs> we go to his house and he's got these huge walls with glass and everything on top mm. and guys with guns up there. And I'm thinking, well, you know, nothing to be concerned about, you know, <laughs> he go, we go in and he takes me to my room. I have my own room. And he says, now look under the mattress, there's a there's an M16 here. Oh. And then on either side of the bed, the two tables, um, there was a handgun and then another gun. <laughs> and like, you know, I barely ever have shot guns that much. <laughs> and and he's, he's just saying, you don't need these, but just in case. Uh. And so when I did the Bible study, I mean, I was literally talking about the fear of the Lord and the peace of God <laughs> because, you know, and, and I think for him, how he understood peace was with money, with mm. protection, mm. and not that those things are necessarily all wrong to have, but if we don't have the Prince of Peace and we have all these other means that are supposed to give us peace, mm. what happens when they fail? Yeah. The great thing with the Lord is he's never going to leave us or forsake us. Amen. And he's so faithful. And that's what we want to instill in people mm. is that when nobody else, when you can't fix things yourself, the peace of God will be there, will help you. You can call out to the Lord at any time. And, you know, even if something were to happen to us and we die, we can have lots of peace <laughs> knowing where we're going. Pastor, as we practice this being a peacemaker, um, it cannot be denied that sometimes it will be abused right. by others. Like yeah. They interpret your being so kind as a passive guy and that uh, kind guy always. And there are people who don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, of course, they will not see our motivation in doing that intentionally. So 
were there times in your life that 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 actually happened and how did you deal with that oh sure you know there's been times when you know i would i would go to immigration <laughs> and uh, i didn't feel like i was treated so respectfully but the lord would tell me to keep my mouth shut mm -hmm. and Disney. not Philippine. react right Philippine. and not react and it was amazing because i ended up building relationships with people mm. not 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 like we're meeting outside of the building all the time but i would go there i because i saw a missionary who used to work with the sil mm. folks and i'm sitting there as a young missionary one day and he brought in like all these Krispy cream donuts <laughs> and instead of yelling at the immigration officers like i've seen other foreigners do because they don't understand the process and mm. things like that he was bringing them things as a gift <laughs> and it actually they love this guy uh -huh. so i learned from that and i thought okay if i'll be respectful and not get you know funky about you know what how much something costs or yeah. i don't understand a process and i walk in peace <laughs> Mm -hmm. then I'll see a breakthrough. And one time I was about to take my son David to go to Japan. We had to get like an exit clearance. Mm -hmm. And the night before I had a missionary friend who messaged me a video that went viral in the Philippines of a foreigner that was yelling at an immigration officer. And then he got kicked out of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he said, don't be this guy, not knowing I was going to immigration next day. He said, don't be this guy, ha, 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 in his text. Uh -huh. So I go to immigration next day, and I'm sitting there, and the ABS-CBN news team comes in because they want to interview a foreigner about what just happened, what their thoughts are on immigration. <laughs> and immigration was packed, and I'm on the complete other side from the door. And I felt like the Lord whispered to me and said, get ready to do an interview. Mm. So I'm just, you know, I'm thinking it's just me. Well, the immigration officer, because I've built a relationship with them, instead of getting angry at them, but honoring and respecting their responsibility, knocked on the window and said, sir, can you come to the back? And I said, we have chosen you to be the one who gets interviewed today. So I got to do the interview. Spontaneously. It was absolutely, it was so funny. And I, and I got to do the interview and just shared that, you know, a lot of times people don't understand processing and things like that. And we just have to be patient and understanding. And, and you know, we're guests in the country, no matter how long you're here, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, you know, the immigration officer is like clapping their hands on the side. Like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I got in a taxi cab later that day and I was going back and apparently the taxi cab driver kept looking in the mirror at me and he goes, sir, were you on TV today? <laughs> and I go, yeah. And because of holding my peace and encouraging, you know, trying to share my heart with the news team. Uh, I shared the gospel with that guy. Wow. It absolutely opened the door for him to receive me. Mm. And maybe, I don't know what his attitude was towards foreigners before, but at that moment, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Opportunities. Yeah. yeah. The analogy here used by James in investing in this kind of uh, work is um, a farmer's job. Right. You know, sewing. 
Yeah. And when we sow something, of course, it's a process. It takes time to grow. And uh, sometimes we don't see that uh, mm. that way. That's why we become impatient. Like, I've had enough of this guy. Yeah. You know, I've been too kind to him or her. Mm. And that's enough. <laughs> right. So, um, if we see it that way, then I think we'll, our world, our churches, our families will be much peaceful and orderly uh, yeah. when we apply that uh, principle. You know. But uh, how do we teach this to the church when uh, everybody just wants uh, immediate results and um, just wants things to be uh, fixed right away? Yeah, I think we have to understand that when we're sowing and we don't reap immediately, this is one of the challenges, like, for example, with church planning. Mm. You know, when we plant a church, we don't really want to plant a church by stealing people from other churches, <laughs> you know, uh, unless God is sending people out and there's agreement and the pastors are like, yeah, you need to go out and help this person. We need to go win souls first and make disciples from nothing, mm. Mm. you know, build from the ground up. And that takes time. Mm. That, you know, it's not only getting information in people, but it's modeling. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing about raising children as parents. You know, we have this window of, you know, 18, 20 years, maybe more, depending on the situation, that seems like an eternity, especially when the child is so needy. At first, you're changing diapers, you have to feed them, you have to bathe them, you have to do all of that. Mm. And then eventually they learn things as they go. But the greatest thing as a parent, and you know, I'm not a grandparent yet, but I've seen <laughs> friends who are my age becoming grandparents, that they have, they're reaping the reward of what they sowed into for mm. years. Mm. Yeah. And you know, if you want to establish a business, a relationship, or some type of ministry in church, you really have to sow in peace if you mm. want to reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm. If you want to have breakthroughs, if you want to see God things take place. I mean, God can do anything at any time he wants. Mm. He's not limited by us. But a lot of times, he doesn't do what he wants to do because... We're in the way trying to control and, you know, our flesh gets in the way. We're not allowing the Spirit of God to mm -hmm. lead us. Mm. And I, I, I know I learned, we pastored a church in Agdow for eight years, mm. and I never wanted to be the pastor. Mm. <laughs> mm. And that wasn't my goal in planning a church. But I thought, well, people were coming to the Lord, and then... You know, we, we have to disciple them. We, and we yeah. saw the church grew to about probably about 120. And we had like 30 cell groups in Agdow and all these great things were going on. And it just, I wasn't seeing a Filipino leader come into a leadership role. Huh. And it really frustrated me because mm. I thought we've been sowing and sowing and sowing, but where's the, yes. <laughs> you know, the reaping part? And anyway, we end up leaving that church because God, uh, an open door at Maranatha Church with Pastor Armin Valdez. Mm. And it was just like a divine appointment. Mm. 
Mm. And our church ended up blending with their church, and we've been a part of Maranatha now since 2014. Mm. Mm. And it and it was an answer to our prayer that we would have Filipino pastors that we can hold up their arms because we we don't want the ministry to be dependent on us as foreigners yeah. Yeah. and we want to support and now maranatha churches i think they've planted or have connections in their network to about 39 other churches nice. and and to me that's not because of us or them it's mm. just saying hey it's not about us let's hold up your arms let's sow mm. we'll reap and we'll see God move and do things that only He can do if we do it His way. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Pastor, going back to the passage, it says in 17 that these are the characteristics of what it's like to have that heavenly wisdom mm. so that we can be peacemakers. But we also have to strike a balance, right? We're not soft Christians that we're just going to, I'm not going to say anything just so that there won't be any conflict passive christian passive because we also have to have those tough conversations we also have to practice discipline so how do you do that have there been moments in your life wherein you really had to be firm and to walk in your authority (laughs) in christ yeah i'll go back to our kids our first daughter sierra who's now 25 Mm. was out of all five of our kids, the strong-willed child of our home. I mean, she was such a strong will. And so when we moved to the Philippines, I think she was about five years old. Mm. But neither Casey and I had a real confidence in uh, disciplining, loving correction, as we Mm. would call it. And I was more of the passive, you know, oh, she'll grow out of it or something. I didn't really understand scripture as much and we were newly married and it brought a lot of contention in our marriage. We were fighting all the time because we were frustrated that there was no peace Mm. in our home. And eventually I was at a church and we were at church service and our daughter was just jumping and all over the place and it wasn't really worship or anything she was just kind of wild and this single guy at the end of the service said hey man good to see you tonight bro he says hey can i ask can i talk to you for a moment i Mm. go sure man he's a single guy okay and he said i I hope you don't get upset with me for sharing this but i just feel i need to share this from the lord he said he said i I would really encourage you to lovingly correct your daughter Mm-hmm. And this is a single guy, and so at at first oh. I'm 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 feeling something rise up in me, like I'm mm. gonna tell this guy a thing or two, you know. <laughs> okay. But I felt like the Lord said, "Just keep your mouth shut and mm. listen," and I did. And it wasn't a short time after that that we began to speak to a mentor friend that was really good written books on parenting how to lovingly correct your Mm -hmm. kid that became a complete paradigm shift for us Mm -hmm. that helped us to understand how to teach our kids to not only fear the lord but understand the love of god how to hear the voice of god how to teach them to walk in their own intimacy and relationship with god and i would say probably the proudest thing that Casey and I have seen is all five of our kids love the Lord and are hearing from God. Mm. You know, they're pursuing the Lord's Mm. purposes for our lives. I mean, we could talk about the accolades of ministry and all those other things, but that right there to me is really 
what it's all about because it affects our ministry mm. and a lot of parents are like well how do i you know teach my kids these things at a young age well there's so many reasons of why but we have to model it mm. we have to not just tell them and and come from a posture of anger or um yelling mm. things like that but we have to walk in peace and that that's very difficult right but over time, the more kids we had, it stretched us. And I felt like it enabled us to handle more responsibility that the Lord's given us over time mm. as far as ministry and things like that. But it's, it's pretty awesome to see your kids as you sowed into them peace and them actually walking in it and making a difference where they are and walking through the challenges that they face, mm. developing their own testimonies now. It's pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Going back to what James said, I see a parallel of this, what uh, the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 32, mm. in verses 17 to 20. He said, The fruit of the righteousness, or the fruit of that righteousness, will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful, peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Though hail flattens the forest and the city is leveled completely, how blessed you will be, sowing your seed by every stream and letting your cattle and donkeys range free. Mm. So, um, of course, nowadays, there are so many things that will disturb our peace, Pastor. Yeah. And um, be it relational, financial, and also even the peace and order situation, calamities all right. of these things they disturb our peace now of course we know scripture right but there are some people they would say but i don't believe in god mm. or i don't believe that he can do something how do we minister to them and say to them that it's okay like everything's going to turn out all right or even if it doesn't but we still need to hold on so how do we do that yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why we lack so much peace is because the church has been so quiet on evangelism and making disciples mm. that when people are struggling and looking for answers, the church needs to show up, not mm. as hypocrites, but as walking in peace so that when you know the situation arises, like with Daniel and his friends, and they're exiled in Babylon, and they're basically slaves, mm. You know, Daniel is a man walking with God, and then he says, well, look, we're not going to eat what you're telling us to eat because it's mm. sacrificed to idols, mm. and so this is what we're going to do. <laughs> he, like, he's telling them what he's going to do, and I mean, he's a slave, technically, uh -uh. and he says, we're going to eat you know vegetables we're going to do what we call the daniel fast and i think it was like for 10 days and then you come check us out and see if you know we're any better or different than the others who are eating the king's food yes and then the the authority comes back and realizes they're so much healthier and vibrant and when if you read the book of daniel you see god elevating daniel mm -hmm. and and he was in this readiness of walking with God so that when challenges came to Israel, when challenges came to the king, he had answers. Mm. He had dreams. He had visions. He had 
the word of the Lord on his lips when he needed it. Yeah. And, I, and I think we just need to be ready in season, out of season, especially with all the things that are happening around us. The church really has to rise up. Yeah. Mm. We really have to have the word of the Lord on our lips. We have to have the, the readiness, you know, the shoes with, mm. readied with the gospel of peace, ready to bring peace in the situations. Mm. We are not the peace givers, but we do represent the Lord we're ambassadors of his so we need to bring peace into these situations and bring answers mm -hmm. we have to bring hope we mm -hmm. can't we can't just depend upon our political leaders or the police yeah. or the economy mm -hmm. we've got to think outside the box because so much of what happening is happening in the world today it's so insecure mm. Mm. but the lord can absolutely satisfy us and and give us a sense of security and hope mm. that I, I i believe that's what christians we need to represent him well we need to be salt we need to be light and that mm. can only happen when it's dark yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i think that starts with knowing who god is yeah so that we can renew our minds on a moment-to-moment -moment basis so that when we meet people who do not know God, we can declare His praise. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many people who know about God but don't know God. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest issue I had when I attended the Pensacola Revival, mm. where I heard this wild preacher, Steve Hill, standing up there saying, you can know all about God and, and not know the Lord. He, he would say things like, you know, you can, you can go to hell with baptismal waters dripping off your face. You can go to hell <laughs> with a choir robe on, oh. you know? And, and what he was saying, he said, you can go to hell and be the evangelist of the Brownsville Revival. He said, the point mm -hmm. is, yeah. is that do you know the Lord or do you know about God? Yeah. Mm. We can go through all these motions and that is what absolutely transitioned my life my wife and our marriage everything uh, over 25 years ago because we encountered our responsibility before the Lord in clear repentance you know we're, we're involved heavily within the Pentecostal charismatic um, movement mm -hmm. and I absolutely believe in those things but we have compromised so much mm. and there has been so much hypocrisy there's been so much adultery there's been so much foolishness that we're not preaching the basic message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand mm. and we have to get back to that if we want to see results yes. kingdom results yeah uh, not just uh, emotion uh, I believe God's given us emotion but it has to have we have to have the cornerstone Jesus yeah. laid in our heart we got to know the Lord we got to walk with him mm. we got to hear his voice read his word just be inundated with his presence on a daily basis we mm. can't just be walking through mm. life thinking that oh God's just gonna do everything for me he's already did what he needed to do now he's waiting on us to walk by faith yes you know mm -hmm. and trust him so yeah, yeah. Amen. amen pastor eric thank you so much for your time this morning that was amen. a great discussion thank you for listening to revival cry with eric miller please subscribe rate and write a review for this podcast on itunes cpnshows.com 
or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.